Menace Nation. It's Menace Morning Time. Wake them up. Wake them up. Wake them up. Wake them up. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. Tryna hide from the camera. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. I ain't going outside today. No big. Couldn't find our tick. So I'm drinking on egg today. I feel like Pac. I'ma put up a star. We gon' do a drive by in the rain. Shoot the shot. I'm coming in. It is Thursday, June 30th in the Lord's year of 2022. Welcome to Menace to Sports. I am Zach Smith, your host, with my co-host, Chris Drew, here to talk all things college football and really all sports, mm-hmm. life. I'll go on rants about things that'll piss half of you off. You never know what we're going to talk about, but a little preview. Let me give you a little insight into today's show, so stay tuned for the entire episode. We're going to talk about Terry McLaurin securing the bag, massive contract extension, well-deserved, one of the Zone 6 alumnus that is killing it in the NFL. Then we're going to talk about a projected number two overall pick, Jackson Smith and Jigba. We want to. The question for the chat is, is that entirely too high for him or a receiver in general, or is that justified? Do you think that a receiver that high is justified and or will JSN be a number two value pick when he comes out next year? Going to talk a little bit about Texas. Slay every single episode since Arch Manning has committed, we have had to talk about Texas recruiting because they're landing five-star after five-star. The momentum's going crazy. We're going to jump on that. A bunch of other shit that Chris wrote in here. I don't even know. He has a meme in here for the NCAA. Talking about, <laughs> Come on, do something. I don't know what that's about, but we will talk about it, I'm sure. So we got that coming for you in today's show. Before we get there, I'm going to ask you to please support the platform. Go to patreon.com forward slash menace to sports. We get 5,000 streams on YouTube, over 12,000 downloads a day on our podcast. So if you guys could go support the show, go to Patreon. You get a custom RSS feed on your phone for the podcast. It's only $5 a month. You even could sign up for a year and save 20% off and it'll cost you like 50 bucks. And for a year, you'll get all the custom RSS feeds, any additional shows we put out. There's other tiers if you're interested, but I'm asking you to support the show and go sign up for Patreon, our custom VIP RSS feed. Five bucks, patreon.com forward slash menace to sports. What do you got, Chris? Happy Thursday. Oh, my guy. My guy. I'm I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I got the you know studio a little darker today, so you can't see my hair. You see it's kind of like blending in with the background. <laughs> um, but, Zach, I want to open up with uh, kind of – I saw you tweet something. I didn't actually didn't put this in the notes. Miles Bridges fumbling a major bag like he's about to hit free agency, and then he gets caught up in some nonsense. Major bag fumbling. Major. Like he was 24 hours away from – a double generational bag. Miles Bridges, the player for Charlotte, and then he caught a case, and he's been heading this way for some time, and like you know, kind of flirting with the line a little bit too close, but he now has crossed it. Well, oh. you just you, you just can't do it. <laughs> you, you, I, it. Some of these kids get caught up into double lives, right? Whether it's their background, where they came from, people that they grew up with, or sometimes they just get tied into the wrong people, and you know that's not to to shift the blame on others because ultimately they own their actions and they own you know what they do, but. You can't be that fucking dumb. I used to say it about Aaron Hernandez. Like, you can't be that fucking dumb, right? Never mind that you're such a – I mean, you just obviously have character flaw after character flaw to to make some of these decisions, or in Aaron Hernandez's case, to take a life. But at the same time, 
to do that when you have all this money and this this future and this path. It's just wild that you would be that dumb, let alone have the moral fortitude to to commit some of these crimes or do these acts. But you, you're fumbling money, big money. It's just it's mind blowing to me. It's foolish. It's foolish. Just want to hit on that first, and then Zach. Now, like I just want a huge congratulations to Terry McLaurin. That's one of your guys. Um, getting the seventy-one million dollars, you know, over twenty of it guaranteed. Generational wealth contract number two, one we talked about. That's a kid that is proof that the work works. And it's so funny when people try to slam you as a as a wide receiver developer, yada this, yada that. Terry came into the league ready, and ready. not really gifted opportunities like a first or second rounder. He came in ready. The plan was initially to put him on special teams. He came in was cooking DBs. They said we can't have him on special teams. He's too good a receiver. It's got to be cool for you seeing Terry McLaurin and Michael Thomas, guys who I would argue are two top seven receivers in the NFL when they're on the field. Um, Both came through you, and they're proof that the work works. Zach, talk about a little bit about Terry before we dig into Mike. Well, I I do think it's funny. I want to just comment on something you just said. Like, I I actually don't give a fuck if people think I could ever coach receivers or did a good job. I don't care. Like, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, It's not it's not what I do anymore, anyways. Mm -hmm. But I'm more, I just am happy for kids that I, you know, brought into Ohio State, worked my ass off with them, hand in hand, helped them, you know, did whatever I could to to help them achieve their dreams, to see them realize their dreams. Like, that's all I ever did it for. That's all I care about. And so that is all the satisfaction I seek is seeing Terry McLaurin secure $71 million and know that him, his kids, his kids' kids, and his kids' kids' kids should be set up for life. That whole family tree is entirely different because of the work he put in. And I'm I'm just I'm just so satisfied knowing that I might have played even a minuscule part of that to help him achieve that. That's why that's why I coached. That's why anyone should coach. And I will say that there's no one that I've ever coached that deserves it more. That kid deserves every penny he gets. He deserves every vacation he's going to take. I mean, I see him on social media. I see him and his his girlfriend, fiance. Now I think maybe not. I, I don't want to, you know, announce any news that that maybe or maybe didn't happen. But anyways, his longtime girlfriend uh, and him going on these exotic vacations and enjoy, you know, seeing things that he deserves to see and and experiencing things he deserves to experience. So without getting too sappy, that's. That's what I did it for, and that's why I'm still so proud of my career in coaching. It's not because I any fan thinks I was any fucking good. I don't care about that. I'm just so happy for Terry McLaurin because he deserves it, and he's a fucking baller. P- and the period, story behind Taylor. He's mm-hmm. a fucking baller. And it's so cool because that's a kid that had to go back and earn an offer. Like That's a kid that came to camp and, and wasn't yeah, I mean, ready. You think about his, his journey, right? He was a good, a good high school player. Really, he was recruited by people because he could run. He was fast. He didn't have good ball skills. He wasn't a great player, but he could run. And then in camp, he showed that he would work and that all his deficiencies, he would work at them. And the story that I've told multiple times, and I'll tell it again, is he came to camp. I, I worked him out one-on-one. <clears throat> After the morning session, we went in to, to a recruiting meeting and Urban Meyer was like, dude, does anyone see anybody that's Ohio State caliber? And I was like, coach, I got one that I want to offer. And he he had watched the drills the whole morning and he was like, went off on me. He was like, who? There's not a, I've coached receivers my entire career. There's not a receiver here who can play. Not at this level. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you watching? Were you at a different camp than I was? 
And I was like, no, coach, I, the kid that I worked out with, Terry McLaurin, the kid I worked out, I think he has something special. I think he'll be a great player for us, and I want to offer him. And he fucking, he was like, all right, whatever, you're the receiver coach. F fine, bring him in my office. I brought him in his office. I'm thinking, all right, he's going to take my lead. He's going to offer the kid and trust me, right? <laughs> That's fucking comical. He brought him in and proceeded to rip this kid's ass, tell him he wasn't any good, tell him that I, I must be a shitty receiver coach because I want to offer him and he doesn't want to offer him. He doesn't think he can play and just goes off on me and the kid. This is a recruit, a high school kid that is not a player at Ohio State. He goes off on him. Tells him he can't catch, and he said, I'll tell you what. If you come back to Friday Night Lights and show me that you can catch, then then I'll consider offering you. But I need you to go home and catch at least 200 footballs a day. And guess what Terry McLaurin did? He looked at him square jaw and said, bet, I got you, coach. Walked out, not pissed off, not feelings hurt, not a sensitive little bitch. He went home and caught 200 fucking balls a day. Sometimes it was his mom in the backyard throwing him footballs, right? He did it however he needed to do it. He knew the objective, he knew the mission, and he went and did it. Came back to Friday Night Lights, caught the ball a little bit better, still didn't have good ball skills, but caught it better. You could tell he worked on it, and Urban finally was like, all right, this kid's got something. He's got work ethic. Like He's going to do what, I, what we ask him to do. And so, boom, he offered him. Kid committed on the spot. The rest is history. He came in for five years and fucking grinded his face off and left Ohio State a great player and still an underrated and undervalued player. And now he finally is valued. He's finally getting what he's worth, and it's nothing greater in the world to see than to see him achieve, you know, his his dreams and get get what he deserves. No, I love Terry. That's so big, and that's and that's so important. I mean, he's he's proven that the work works. Him and Michael Thomas, to me, are both top seven receivers in football when they're on the field. Um, they're both very difficult to guard in two very different ways. Um, obviously, the next crop of Ohio State receivers is kind of in now. You've got Garrett Wilson. You've got uh, James Williams, who's, you know, Bama. And then, uh, obviously, Chris Olave with the Saints there with Michael Thomas. It's going to be fun to track them and watch them. But the guy I want to talk about kind of flip a little bit, JSN, an ESPN mock draft for 2023. We love these. Don't know why it's so early. Don't care. But love they ESPN. have him at number two. I believe it is to the Bears, Zach. Could you see a world where JSN goes number two overall, or is that way too high for a receiver, or will they will there be value there? Um, I think it's all going to come down to what he runs. I mean, he's going to have a prolific year this year. He might even win some awards. Um, but to be the number two overall pick, the NFL loves speed. He's going to have to run something extremely, extremely well in the 40, and he's going to have to do, you know, do everything great. And I think he is the best receiver in the country. I think he's absolutely going to be an NFL star. But number two overall, like you look at what that value is at that pick, that kid has to come in the NFL and be Jamar Chase year one. Like he has to be an impact, impact player, top 15, top 10 receiver in the NFL to be valued at number two. I don't know that he is that, but I know this much. He has the skill set to make an impact in the NFL. If the kid pops off a 4-4 or God, God willing, sub 4-4, absolutely that's where he'll go. He'll go extremely high. And a lot of it is going to be predicated on how well Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave do because a lot of times you look at Joey Bosa's, Nick Bosa's, right? You look at Ezekiel Elliott, some of the guys that went extremely high, a lot of that is a precedence for what other kids did when they got to the NFL. It could be a third rounder that played like a, a second rounder or a first rounder. If those two top 12 picks kill it their rookie year with Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Garrett Wilson, uh, Chris Olave, Curtis Samuels is 
uh, popped and sparked mm-hmm. at times with the, and Noah Brown hanging on as long as he's hanging on and making an impact like that pedigree matters. And if those two kids do well, he's going to go high. I always talk about Marquise Pouncey, one of the best linemen I've ever seen, right? He got drafted in the first round. I want to say 20th or what? It doesn't matter what it was. His brother and him made a bet that his brother would go higher. His brother did not have a better year than him. Mike Pouncey did not have a better year, his pre-draft season than Marquise. But because Marquise did so well in the NFL, when his brother came out that next year, he went higher than Marquise did because people were like, oh, this kid is going to do as well as his brother did. So this value, his value just went up. There's less chance of a miss because we are watching basically a similar player kill it. And so he's going to kill it too. And so that pedigree matters. What happened before matters. And so when Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave kill it as rookies, Jackson Smith and Jigba, will his value and his stock will go even higher. Yeah, and we saw it with the Bosa's actually. Um, Nick Bosa. I mean, was a higher pick than Joey, even though Nick was coming off the injury and only played four games because they saw how good Joey was in the NFL. And exactly. it's like, whoa, you make the call. That kid, that kid's a baller. Now, the last time a, a receiver was picked number two overall was Calvin Johnson. And Calvin Johnson is as close to a perfect wide receiver prospect as you can get. Like when you read Calvin Johnson's in, in a scouting report, there's nothing he couldn't do. He blocked at a high, high level. He could run. He ran in the four threes. Like he was a freak of nature. He measured out well, <laughs> six five with long arms. Um, so my thing is, I think JSN's going to be a fantastic receiver prospect, but I don't know if he's perfect. Like Calvin Johnson well, was almost a perfect receiver prospect coming out. And that's the question, right? And on top of that, the other side of this, that ESPN must be, I mean, I don't know who they have mocked at getting the number two overall pick, but you're assuming that the top two, three picks don't need quarterbacks. I mean, they're thinking the Bears are going to be that bad. Well, the Bears might be that bad. And if that's Mm -hmm. the case, then I could see that happening. But if it's not the Bears, if it's a team that needs a quarterback, I mean, one and two will be Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, in my opinion, you know, or in whatever order. So it's going to be tough to crack the top two unless it is a situation like the Jaguars or Bears where they already drafted who they see as a franchise quarterback and they're trying to get the other pieces around them. So that's the one scenario I could see it happening that high. But regardless, I think the kid's a top 10 pick. Mm -hmm. Additionally, I'll add add, add to this, Zach. If JSN is a number two overall pick to the Bears, that's a mistake by the Bears. And I'm not saying that JSN isn't worthy of that pick, but you got to figure one of the teams in the top five is going to need a quarterback, Jack. And people will pay the King's ransom for a quarterback. So if you're the Bears there at number two, why wouldn't you slide back to five when you know you can get JSN still? And then you walk away with probably two first, two second, two thirds, and you recoup the price you had to pay to get Justin Fields and you get him a weapon. If you draft JSN number two overall, that means you botched something. That means that you couldn't get a deal done. Um, and yeah, that's or you just, or the Anderson kid is, too. yeah, or the kid is like Calvin Johnson and you mm-hmm. really are worried that three, four, five, whoever is going to, is going to jump and take him. Um, and that's, you know, the, at that point, you think he is a, an instant impact player. Yeah. So that, that's really the only conversation. I agree. I mean, taking a receiver at two seems probably dumb. You could probably slide back to eight and get the same player, right? Yeah. But you really got to evaluate the, the team's needs. And that's why mock drafts are fucking stupid. Like, you don't know who's going to be where until they have the draft order set, team needs, free agency. So much happens that these mock drafts are just for clickbait. It's all bullshit. Yeah. So, I, I, like I said, I think he's he's going to play himself into a top 10 pick. If he runs really well, his stock will be extremely high, and it's all going to come down to the 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 wants and needs and politics of the NFL after that.
Well, we talked about him before Zach um, a while ago, back when I was in my mom's house, still doing the doing the podcast. Shout out Metastation for getting me out of my mom's house. <laughs> um, but we talked about it, and JSN's brother hit you up because you said he was going to run like in the four fives, and his brother said, "I got a bet that he's going to run in the four fours." And so we'll see, we'll see how fast he really is when it comes that 2007 NFL draft. The top three picks: Jamarcus Russell, Calvin Johnson, Joe Thomas. <laughs> Swing and a miss at number one, and they <laughs> yeah. hit two and three. <laughs> and then uh, Adrian Peterson was also in that draft all the way down to number seven. A really, a really, really big-time draft. Um, Zach, I do want to move ahead a little bit. Speaking of receivers, it's been a really uh, receiver-driven show. Texas strikes again. They're up to the number two class in, in the uh, 247 rankings. They landed num- they landed five-star receiver. Jonte Cook um, has committed to Texas. Zach, recruiting's about momentum. Sark's on freaking fire right now. So what happens, man? You get a generational name like Arch Manning to commit and the, the pieces start falling because everyone wants to ride that momentum train and everyone wants to play with a great player, right? You think about playing with Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or Justin Fields, like some of the great college players we've seen in the last couple of years. It's it's magnificent. You look at the receivers, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, where that their draft stock ended up being had a lot to do with their performance, but it had a lot to do with who was throwing them the ball. Exactly. And so it's it's a huge, huge selling point to receivers, to linemen, because you want to win. You want to win a national championship, but ultimately also you want to look good. And if I'm a receiver and I think Arch Manning is the the, the bee's knees, I'm going. I want to play with him because I want him to throw me the ball so I can do my thing. And it's 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 huge. I mean, I'm, it, I'm interested, though, Zach. I, I do want to say, like as a receiver in particular, if I were in high school, I don't know if I would want to commit to a school or a quarterback if I haven't caught passes from them, like at a seven on seven camp or or at one of these one of these elite eleven camps. Like I think I would want to go catch passes from them and then kind of make that decision. But well you want to believe like, the hype. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing, right? Whether you catch passes or not, you want to see them at Elite Eleven. You want to see them somewhere killing it. And you want to you know you want to see like, oh, this kid's the real deal. Because there's been a lot of kids, Tate Martell's a great example that was all everything. But mm-hmm. when he went to these showcases camps. and mm-hmm. people watching they're like this kid's this kid's not very good throwing the ball. Yeah. Like, at I don't the Elite 11, at the Elite 11, he went to compete, went to win. You know who he ended up backing up in the tournament? Jake Fromm. <laughs> so that just tells you everything you need. Like at the Elite 11, that's kind of where I pumped the brakes on him <laughs> because he went to compete and and they, you know, they picked starting quarterbacks and then for, for the tournament, and then they, you know, put him out there and pinned him against each other. And he lost the job to Jake Fromm. Um, so yeah. Proofs in the pudding. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do think it's interesting. And then Texas is in for another five-star <laughs> linebacker. Um, Sark is really grabbed momentum and really pushing ahead. And they're going to contend for the number one overall class because they're going to end with the number one overall quarterback, probably um, a top three receiver and, and the cook kid. I mean, they're getting dudes all over the place. And you have to feel, you have to feel like this is Sark's time. Like, for a while there, you've wondered if he was ever going to get it right, if, if he was going to get a head coaching job after the USC thing. This feels like Sark has learned. He's gone to the Saban School of Rehabilitation, and it feels like this will be the year. I know they lost to Kansas last year, Zach, but if you're going to buy stock, I would buy stock in Texas, and I don't know if I'm a bandwagon or Yeah, and it might not be 2022 Texas. It might be 2023, which is fine. Um, I think they have a better year this year, and 2023 is the year where they hopefully put it all together and make a run at, at some kind of national – you know, recognition, whether it's making the playoffs or whatever it is. 
um, you really hope that, you know, for, for the good of college football, you hope that's that's what happens. That trajectory is definitely moving in the right direction. It'll be interesting to see what their NIL collectives look like because, again, this is still an arms race. Like, I know mm-hmm. it's cool to play with Arch Manning, but it's even cooler to make $10 million or $9 million. So we'll see where their money's at, right? We'll see what kind of bags they drop. But if they do, they got a chance to really turn that program. And I would imagine getting a kid like Arch Manning inspires some boosters to drop a little bit of cashish and like we talked about arch manning is one of those guys he's kind of nil deal exempt he's gonna get his deals no matter what so he doesn't come out of the slush fund like he's well i'm gonna tell you right now he needs to hit up unk both of them and be like hey unk i know you got that bread yeah what's up you You, you trying to give me a left tackle here i'm trying i'm trying to make moves bub literally i'm not gonna lie at every family function if i'm arch manning i'm going to payton and i'm handing him a phone number of one of these five-star tackles and be like can you give him a call give his mom a call for me and just say hey you're coming to texas that's what it feels like's happening i mean they're hand picking out this point and sark is all smiles and honestly if quinn ewers is half is half of what we think he can be or what he's kind of been projected to be this Texas team is going to be going to be good. Now, again, Arch Manning also knows, and the Manning family also knows, they are entering shark-infested waters. Oh, yeah. Year one. Oh, yeah. Shark I'm infested. telling you, if I'm Arch Manning right now, the, the family cookout, you go inside, in the Peyton probably has a nice-ass home office. Mm-hmm. That home office looks like Wolf of Wall Street. I got people on the phones, fucking tickets going everywhere. I'm like, hey, Unc. Jump on his phone, jump on about five phone calls real quick, then go back and get your ribs. Like, we got we got to make some moves here. Like, I ain't fucking leaving. I ain't fucking leaving. Exactly. <laughs> we'll just be like, hey, Unc, like, like, I know you got the spine neck injury. I'm going to have that same injury if you don't give me a tackle. Right. So. I might have it next year, bub. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> I need you. I need you. All that shit about I got you. I'll take care of you. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Prove it. Open that checkbook up. Speaking of momentum, do you think Jim Harbaugh has memorized that Eminem verse yet? He's having Man. a blast on vacation. I'm going to tell you what. I tweeted about it. You talk about swagger. Like, what kid doesn't want to play for him? So embarrassing. Lose yourself in the moment. You uh, own own it. You better never let it go. You better never let it go. I mean, he was bars. Harbaugh's (laughs) got bars. (laughs) It's Harbaugh. All right, man. The uh, Texas A&M recruiting visit. There was a visit that happened. And somebody filmed it, and it got out there. And you, you got a GA or a QC coach or whoever walks these kids out to the field. And the first thing he does, instead of turning around looking at the field, he says, you look up there, look at look at those boxes. You come here, them boys that go in those boxes, they're going to give you a lot of money. Zach, but, what are we doing? Buddy, buddy, buddy. Can I, we be smarter I, than this? I thought I, I was told by Jimbo that they just worked really hard and don't disrespect them. Jimbo Fisher told me that they just worked hard and we disrespected them by talking about their NIL money. That mm-hmm. is not what happened. They're just hard workers. That's how they did it. And we now didn't buy a single kid. I'm we didn't confused. Buy that one. They are now talking about money to kids. I it is just it's confusing because Jimbo told me otherwise. I am hurt and I was lied to, and I feel like Jimbo did not tell the truth. Mm-mm. He did not tell the truth. It's brutal, though. Why would you have a it's coach? Stupid just redneck up? ass talking <laughs> all that shit about, oh, well, that's disrespectful. That's disrespectful to our staff who work extremely hard. Mm-hmm. Bitch, shut up. You're disrespecting every motherfucker that listened to that stupid ass audio bite because you are offering money. You did drop massive fucking bags. I know for a fact. Shut your redneck ass up and fucking own it. You're dropping bags. It's legal. That's how you did it, and that's how you're building a fucking program. Shut your redneck ass up. Ain't nobody buying your bullshit. 
Now we got you on film talking about all the money these kids are going to get by these people that have fucking luxury boxes. Shut the fuck up. Nobody <laughs> believes you. It's just funny, Zach, because it's not even not even just that's all that's a part of it. But then, I mean, he didn't just go up there and do a soundbite. He called the NCAA. He called the SEC office, and it reminded me of this story, man. I was at the gym one time, and and our and our boy was there, and I was surprised to see him. He's supposed to be locked up. He wasn't locked up. He's a he's a Planet Fitness. We call it Planet Felon. That's where all the felons go. He comes up and he's talk, telling a story about like, oh yeah, I got a court date coming up. Yada this, yada that. He said, yeah, the cops found all this under my bed. It looked like I was selling drugs. I mean, I was, but it looked worse than it was. That and that—that's what it felt like with Jimbo. It's like, it's like I mean, it looked like I was selling drugs. Like, like yeah, it looks like you're paying recruits, and you're getting mad about it. But it's like, oh yeah, like I was, but like it still looks a bit worse than it was. It's like no, like you're, what are we doing? Yeah, it's like that husband that gets caught cheating on his wife, and then he gets mad at his wife in mm -hmm. the argument. It's like, what the fuck? Are you? Shut up! Like you're 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 caught. It is what it is. You stuck your salami in another woman. We get it. Like you slipped and fell. Yeah, I slipped and fell and my dick went in. I'm sorry. Like I get it, right? Stop yelling at her. It's not her fault. You did it. Like shut up. Do you think is this an NCAA violation having a coach pulling up to the box and saying, if you come here, the boosters are gonna give you a lot of money? Because if it is, is the NCAA gonna do anything? Do they care? No, I don't care? I mean, I I don't think I I think you're allowed to say general generalized statements like that. You just can't actually put together NIL contracts or tell them exactly how much money they will get if they come to Texas AM. I think it's more saying, look at these big boosters we have, they have a lot of money. They're gonna pay kids that play for Texas AM a lot of money. And if you play for Texas AM, that could be you. I don't that's not illegal. That's just basically stating facts that and it's not, you know, it's as enticing as it is, every school has those boosters. So that's not as honestly weak recruiting by that fucking guy, whoever it was like, okay, bub, everyone has boosters. Everyone has people that can pay money. We got it. It's a big time college football program. That doesn't mean anything. No, doesn't mean does not mean anything. And then, and kind of like the video we watched, I don't know the I, can't, I forget the kid's name, but the the recruit that's down was down to Oregon and Texas that talked about Mich uh, Michigan. Oh, that's that's Dante Cook. That's the kid that just committed to Texas. Right. Mm -hmm. The kid was like, "Yeah, the Michigan, the Michigan recruiting pitch was the same old bullshit. Like there was no real relationships. Like it was just it was the same old recruiting pitch that everyone sells. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to get a kid saying that generic company line bullshit. Like everyone can say that." You know, be a Michigan man, this academics and graduation rate, uh, 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 like no one cares, Jim. No one fucking cares. Go recruit a kid, build a relationship, mm -hmm. tell him why Michigan's better. Like give him some differentiation points. Like don't just say like we beat Ohio State. Okay, cool, man. <laughs> Never again, at least yeah, not right. anytime soon. Um, Zach, while we're on Michigan, <laughs> I just want, want a quick, quick ask you. Like in this NIL era, how much money would it take for you to go to the school that you disliked growing up, like you're right. Like if you grew up in Ohio State, man, how much money would it take for you to go to to Michigan or, or Clemson or a school like just that? more money, just more, just more. Just, like if, just if more. Ohio State I'm, says I got six million for you, and then Michigan says I got six point five million for you, I'm, chill, chill. Well, give me that motherfucker. <laughs> give me the most money. I'm maximizing my my nil <clears throat> uh, name, image, and likeness maximization. You're capping. There's no way you choose Michigan over Ohio State for six point five million if the other one's offering six. No, I, I would honestly. I mean, obviously, I would evaluate it based on you know overall value. Mm -hmm. uh, I would see. I would investigate which school I thought gave me the best chance to make the most money in the long run. Right, making it to the NFL, maximizing my talent. I mean, I, I certainly would make a decision based on overall value. Um, yeah. But the problem is, kids aren't going to do that.
I would do some funny shit. Like I would go to Michigan if, if Jim Harbaugh shaved his head um, on National Signing Day, and then I'll uh, I'll do I'll do it then, or like we're does something stupid like that. I would do that. Um, all right, Zach. I want to. We we actually never really touch on it, and I am curious your take on it because Alabama just added um, another JUCO kid, and they and they tend to be hitting the, the JUCO portal more than um, Ohio State does, most definitely. Um, a linebacker, Justin Jefferson, very fast. He has offers from AM, Florida, Oregon. Um, he ran a, a 40 yard dash in 4.34 seconds, which is crazy for a linebacker. He's 6'1. I believe he's a 215. He could fly. He's an Alabama commit now. And I want to ask you about evaluating Juco players. Did you ever do it? Was Urban a fan of it? Because um, I don't, I don't remember hearing a ton about Ohio State looking. Yeah, I mean, I, I I took Corey Smith. He was a JUCO kid, Akron, Ohio kid. That's mainly why we took him. But the, the uh, it's not a common thing up north. And the main reason is there's no JUCOs up north. All the JUCOs are down south and out west, like in Arizona and and you know Oklahoma and Mississippi. And that's where the JUCOs are. So it's a, a lot of its proximity. Like, do you ha- do you recruit those schools actively to find? those kids that are good fits and great players. Ohio State doesn't because they're not really nearby. And that sounds like an archaic reason, but it's true. I mean, Ohio State doesn't actively go to JUCOs. So unless they have a position of need where they just need a more veteran player like I did in 2013 at receiver, there's no reason to go JUCO. I mean, they've taken a JUCO D lineman, and I think Antoine Jackson was one. I mean, they've Ohio State's done it a handful of times, but it's just not a common practice unless you have a need at a position and find a kid that fits. And mm-hmm. so down South, it's more common because they're actively recruiting JUCOs on the regular Ohio state's not. So for Ohio state, it's really that, that position of need. God, we really need a veteran wideout, or we really need a veteran O lineman. And so they go get a JUCO kid. Cause a high school kid, especially big kid, big guys, yeah. right? Linebackers, D line, O line. They've been through right. a strength program. They're just well, grown men. And high school kids, 18 year old kids rarely play no mm-hmm. matter how good they are. I mean, you look at even JTT and Jack Sawyer, how much did they actually play? Not a lot, right? Because they're young. Now, next year, they're going to have great years because they're a little bit older, a little bit bigger, a little more mature. And so a Juco kid offers that when he walks in the door. Now, a lot of times you have other issues. Why did the kid end up at Juco? Rarely is it, oh, he was a little undersized out of high school and he really grew the last two years. Most of the time, it's like, oh, he was a piece of shit, smoked a bunch of weed and had fucking awful grades. And then you're bringing that into your program and you have to evaluate it. Now, you know, not to stereotype JUCO players, but a lot of times that's the case. Just is. And then you have an mm-hmm. academic headache on your hands. You have drug issues. You have all other is- all other issues that were the reason this kid didn't go to a college out of high school. It's very rare that it is the kid just developed later. That happens, yeah. but it's far more rare that that's the case than one of the other issues. So you have to really be sold on a kid, and so I, I will definitely be keeping an eye out for because if Bama takes him, I mean they intend for him to play. Is it? I oh mean, yeah, that's 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 literally just it. They intend for him to play. Um, Zach, there was some debate in the chat before we get out of here. Do you think Cam Brown is going to be a first round pick in the next draft? Yeah, I do. I do. I think he he's played like a first round corner um, in in a bad defense. I mean, you look at he obviously didn't play as well as he's capable, but no one did on defense. And I think with a new defensive scheme, new v- defensive structure, I, he's the best corner. Um, you know, I don't know if he's the best corner on the team because Denzel Burke is really fucking good and he was only a freshman. But I think both of those kids are first round corners at the end of the day. And so I think with better coaching, with better scheme, with a defense that's clicking, I think he's going to play lights out. And I do think he's a first rounder. I think they have. And you got to look at it, right? How many first rounders have national championship teams had? Look at Georgia last year. Look at LSU with Joe Burrow. Like, look at Alabama. Look at these. You have to have first rounders on both sides. of the. You have to. And and they could be. It doesn't have to be this draft, right? You could count maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. as a first rounder in the next draft. But you have to have first round talent. You have to have that elite, elite talent. 
And so Ohio State, I have at least four first-rounders. I think Cam Brown is a late first-rounder, JSN, Paris Johnson, and then um, obviously C.J. Stroud. Uh, and, then, and then I think there will be more, especially on defense, hopefully, right? We hope that there's some development and some kids play extremely well and because they have the skill. They have kids that have first-round talent. They mm-hmm. just have to play like first-rounders. Yeah, they, I mean, they were so young And DeJuan Jones should be another one. Yeah, he should. I I, got, I was getting killed on a spaces for saying that I expect DeJuan to be a first-round pick. I expect. Oh, no. Um, Ohio State should have two first-round tackles this year. No, no, absolutely. I mean, they're going to need it, Zach. I mean, at some point, it, it feels like to me right now, as I sit here at the end of June, that we are on a collision course for Alabama. And what that means is that we're on a collision course for Will Anderson. And so someone's going to have to block somebody. Will Anderson versus Paris Johnson, or Will Anderson versus Dewan Jones, or Will? Yeah, I mean, and I hate to bring it to you, ain't, ain't no kid in college one on one blocking Will Anderson Jr. So I mean, as good as Dewan and Paris can be, they're gonna need some chip help. They're gonna need some people. They're gonna need to slide to that motherfucker, like <clears throat> roll out away from him. They got to do things to keep him on his heels. Cut him a couple yeah. times. I mean, they're gonna have to have a real game plan to keep him at bay. But I think they have the best chance Chips. to do that with the tackles they have. I mean, I'll be happy. Like if we get to Bama, I'll be okay as long as we don't run into like a Penn State situation where the you know Penn State had a running back on you know on Joey Bosa at the end uh, of the game, or, or like when Chase Young was free, or when when they try to put Pat Faramuth on on Chase Young for three straight plays and he went berserk. As long as we don't run well, into like freaking you know Joey Royer trying to trying to <laughs> block Will Anderson on the edge, I'll be okay. Yeah, uh, if that happens, Kevin Wilson should be fired. I mean, he'll never let that happen. He's he he would never. He's too good of a football coach, and he's too offensive line friendly. And honestly, whoever did that at, at Penn State, Joe Moorhead, whoever the fuck it was, they should have been fired. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, that, I mean, that's the equivalent. Like Pat Fairmuth is a very good pass catching tight end, but to leave him one on one there with Chase Young, like, what are we doing? It was really dumb. Like really bad coaching. You should be fired fire him before halftime well zach i got nothing else for today man you killed it again you got anything else you want to hit or we skate no that's it appreciate everybody that supported us on patreon yesterday when i asked if you could do that i would appreciate it we would appreciate it trying to monetize this and level up as you see chris's haircut is right now we're just trying to hide his hair pretty soon we'll cut his hair so any support you could throw we'd appreciate it patreon.com forward slash menace to sports that's all i got chris menace out